Welcome to Women of the Wild, where education and opportunities are key, and friendships are made to last a lifetime. Got him? You think we got him? We got him. You said that yesterday. <laughs> Alright, Skylar, what do we got here? We got a oh. nice looking red ball. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast of Women of the Wild. I am your host, Linda White, and I have my co-host tonight with me and team member, um, Megan Amershack. How you doing, Megan? I'm good. How are you doing, Linda? I'm doing great. Thanks. And our guest tonight is Ashley Bertha. How are you doing, Ashley? I'm good. Thank you. Great. So let's jump in. Um, we normally try to keep these to about an hour, and so we have a lot to cover. So let's just jump right in. Ashley, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the outdoors? Well, I, as a teenager, um, we, my stepdad and I would shoot rifles and go out and kind of mess around in the woods, but that was pretty much the extent of it. My parents and I would go on hikes and things like that. But I ended up marrying the call or the high school football star, so that kind of ended all that. And then um, we had a child early on, and so you know I got pretty busy um, doing the whole family thing and working. And I ended up going back to school and getting my nurse practitioner. And so between you know raising my family and um, being married, I was in the outdoors, but I wasn't active in the outdoors. I was mainly just, you know, being a mother. So, um, but I'd always been super interested in it. Um, I'd have doctors come into the hospital after their hunting trips and talk all about it. And I was always super interested in hearing what they'd done and what they're up to. And so I was always a little jealous actually that I couldn't go do those things. So, um, fast forward and, Got my son graduated from high school and then from college and, you know, became a single woman. So uh, my mom got sick with breast cancer and unfortunately ended up on hospice. And so we ended up talking a lot there at the end. And you talk about a lot of things that you probably never talked about before. And um, I always took care of my mom and my stepdad. They did have a lot of health problems. And one of the things that she and I talked about was, you know, you've always taken care of us. Now it's time to take care of yourself and go do the things that you've always wanted to do. And it just so happened that like I went to the Ducks Unlimited banquet and um, I was kind of dating a guy that was part of Ducks Unlimited at the time. And he would 
tell me about his goose hunting trips and duck hunting trips. And, but he would never take me on any of them. And I ended up winning a shotgun at the Ducks Unlimited banquet. And so my mom and I would talk about that. And she said, you know, one of the things that I want you to promise me, you've always wanted to do it. She goes, please, please. She said, at least try it. She said, please go out and at least try to duck hunt, try to goose hunt and just see if you like it. She said, go, just go live your life and try and explore and do the things that you've always wanted to do. She goes, you've always talked about it. You'd always come home and tell me all the stories about the doctors that you work with going out and doing it. She goes, just go out and try it and see if that's, if it's something that you like. She goes, I know she goes, I have a really good feeling that it's something that you really enjoy. So unfortunately she passed away, but that's, you know, our little talks that we had just kind of stuck with me. So she passed away in February of 2020. So then, you know, of course COVID hit. So um, aside from going to work, well, I was stuck at home along with everyone else. You know, I did all this reading and reading and reading and reading and kind of joined a bunch of Facebook groups and saw what everybody else is up to. And so um, I literally, until I got that shotgun, had never shot a shotgun before. And really, even my stepdad only took me out and I shot the shotgun just kind of like a rifle, like target practice, basically. That summer, I just started like accumulating duck hunting stuff, like waterfowl hunting stuff. And then come like August, September, saw where a couple of women's groups had hunts planned. And um, I was like, well, I'm going to go join that. So, um, my first hunt was with wilderness out of Kansas city and it was a duck hunt and like, it was the best time. Like we, there weren't even very many birds that day, but that was like my best time ever. I was just, I think that day I was like totally hooked. And then, um, the second one, um, was a Santel crane hunt down by Oklahoma and that was just so cool. And, you know, come to find out, like, there's so many people that want to hunt Santel cranes that never do. And my second hunt ever was Santel cranes. That's pretty cool. And then I know, I mean, and it was just, I was just mesmerized by it. And then um, there was a ladies hunt down in Louisiana that had posted on one, I think the female Federation of Waterfowl page on Facebook. And it was actually over my birthday. Um, and it was going to be my first birthday without my mom. And I was like, I mapped it out and I was like, well, I can drive there. I did not know anyone. And I drove there for, um, my birthday and actually killed my first, um, duck that I know I killed and then, um, got my first, um, speck belly goose as well. So, and then from that trip, I like, made some of the best friends that I have now, um, and ended up going to Cadillac Creek outfitters with them like a month later. So, um, and then did a snow goose hunt with like, I felt, I guess I felt confident after that, that I just saw found a snow goose hunt on Facebook and like went with like 10 other guys I'd never even met before. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, I can go do that. You know, um, I think, kind of my mom's encouragement. And then I was like, I can go do that. So, um, and I just had the best time and really found that being in the outdoors and meeting new people and really good people and 
like just the waterfowl community has been really good for, I think myself and my mental health and just doing something for myself. Um, and it's just grown exponentially ever since then. It sounds like it. Um, I'm, I'm sorry about your mom's passing, but it sounds like at the end, she gave you some really, really sound advice that's going to stick with you for life. And, and that's something, you know, whenever you're out in the field or, or whatnot to think of her, that's, that's fantastic. With going out on, on all these, these hunts and, and kind of getting into all these different groups, um, what do you think is, is one of the benefits of maybe being brand new to some of this stuff? And what do you think is one of the disadvantages of being kind of brand new to it? I think one of the benefits is that you kind of haven't gotten caught up in some of the drama that can um, be a part of it. Um, (laughs) And you just don't know about some of the drama that can kind of be a part of it. Okay. Um, kind of oblivious to all that because you're like well I don't know Um, (laughs) like I don't I don't know any of these people and I don't know any of the I don't know what they're talking about yeah Um, and then kind of the advantage um to already being a part of it is that you already know so many people and you kind of feel like you have some connections and can kind of like I don't know you don't feel I don't know I guess I kind of felt like an outsider at some point, but, um, now people will be like, oh, well, do you know so-and-so? Um, oh, I know them. Oh yeah. You know, there's advantages and disadvantages to being new and there's advantages and disadvantages to already being part of it. But all in all, I mean, it's great every time you go. I mean, just like anything else. Yeah. So, yeah. So what are some of the, um, what are some of the hunts that you are looking forward to going on? Maybe something that, you know, you would, you would like to do again, or maybe something that you want to do in the future. Well, um, I did washing, I did sea ducks on the West coast and this, um, next year I'm going to do sea ducks on the East coast. And then, um, I think I would, I've mainly done a lot of Southern states, like in the central flyway. Mm-hmm. And I would most definitely like to move to a different flyway um, to see what all they have to offer as far as um, how they hunt and the types of ducks they hunt and um, just different species. I'm trying to get like the, like the United States Grand Slam. So um, I'm working towards that. I've had a couple of friends that have done it. So that's what I'm kind of working towards. So um, anytime I can add another state to my little map, I think mm-hmm. it'd be great. So what, what sea duck did you end up getting on your hunt? A surf scoter, um, a white wing and a buffalo head. Only one girl got, was able to get a golden eye. And there was literally only one that ever landed where we could get it close enough. So, but it was a great time. And then we got um, lesser scalp. We got a, a bunch of um, bufflehead hens. So, but those little suckers fly fast. <laughs> yeah. How many girls did you end up going with? Um, there was three of us ladies. And then there was a guy that was there doing his like world grand slam. And he was trying to get a hooded morganser. 
Um, and so his name was Howard and he was awesome. So he ended up hunting with us because um, the guide needed four people on the boat, basically. Um, so Howard was great and he was like a wealth of knowledge and uh, Howard and I got pretty proficient in like putting out the decoys. So, um, but Howard was awesome. So, but there was three of us ladies and Howard. <laughs> Shout out <So>. to Howard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Howard was awesome. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm in but- New York. So if you ever want to come to New York, like you've got a friend now, you can stay at the house and hang out and maybe you can teach me a thing or two because I, um, I've went duck hunting one time. And so I'm not a, I'm not a proficient water, waterfowl hunter at all. So if you want to come to New York, you can teach me a little bit and then you can get your ducks. (laughs) Okay. That sounds great. That sounds great. (laughs) I'm all for that. Yeah. Add some states. So, so what all states do you have so far? You have Um, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Washington. Yeah. So that's seven. Yeah. I think I'm missing one, but I'm not for sure. That's mainly so far where I've hung out. That's, that's, that's a lot so far. I mean, to think that you've only been doing this for, for what, this will be your third, third year, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, seven states in three years, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's, that's more, good. that's more than me. Yeah. I think Make- I hunted Arkansas, like nine, 10, 11, probably about 16 or 17 days. Mm-hmm. Didn't you hunt with Jerry Joe? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's a good friend of mine. Yeah. She's we funny. Have, yeah. Yeah. No, she's freaking <laughs> hilarious. She took a lot of good friend uh, pictures of my dog. And then we hunted in Texas too. That's awesome. So do you think you're always going to stick to waterfowl or do you think you're going to branch out a little bit, do maybe some other hunts or is it really like, I want to do the waterfowl. I want to get, you know, the grand slam done and then maybe move on to something else or, or what's your plans for the future? Um, I turkey hunted last year and I really liked that. Um, I went with a guide in Oklahoma, um, who's a friend of mine. And I was like, look, here's the deal. I haven't ever turkey hunted. I attempted to the year before, but that was kind of a mess. That's a long story. Um, (laughs) but, um, I was like, look, here's the deal. I've never turkey hunted really for real. Um, so I'm going to go with you. And I really just want to like, I need you to guide me and like basically teach me your ways so that then I can go home and do it on my own. He was like, okie doke. So, um, we sat for two days and sat through like every possible weather condition, like snow, (laughs) sleet, rain, uh, cold. Then it got to be 80 degrees, like blasting winds. Um, it was a lot. And then by the third day he was like, so are you worried? I'm like, no. Um, then by the third morning, um, one like did it right. And it wasn't a huge Tom, it was a Jake, but still it like the whole setup was pretty awesome. So, um, and then I was able to come back to Kansas and, um, I did miss my shot, which was devastating, but I did learn a lot. And, um, I mean, I was able to call them in, like put them to bed, um, go out in the morning and, learn where they were. And if I hadn't missed that shot, I would have had my, another Turkey. So 
but uh, I feel confident that I can do it by myself this year. Uh, I'm still going to go to Oklahoma with him. Um, and my friend uh, from Texas wants to go. She's never turkey hunted. So we're going to go with him again because um, he has some great land. But um, I feel like I can do it by myself this year and be proficient and not miss the shot. <laughs> I think well, I just got excited. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, I um, last year I was turkey hunting and I had a GoPro on me. OK, like so I'm filming this this whole shot, everything. I shoot this turkey. There's not even feathers, anything. It just looked at me and walks away. Like, <laughs> literally, I have watched that GoPro a hundred times, at least. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. I was like dead on. The poof was there. I have no clue how I missed this bird. Like, or at least how I didn't hit like a feather or something. Like, yeah. nope, 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 nope. It was literally poof. It looks at me and walks away like, I don't know what you're doing, lady, but this isn't it. <laughs> yeah, that was one of our buddies showed us a video from last year. He's a big avid turkey hunter, but he does bow only like that's his that's his gig. He does stuff with bow tech and he showed us a video and uh, Justin and I were laughing because we were giving him some, you know, some hell about it. And uh, we said, did that? did that broadhead just deflect off the turkey's wing? And it literally did. Like when he shot it, it went, it, it didn't even hit the turkey. It just deflected off the wing. Oh no. We're like, that happens in deer, but where, when does that ever happen in turkey? Like really? <laughs> you must have wings of steel. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> They're pretty tough birds. I will tell you. They're pretty tough birds, but wow. I about went out of my mind hunting these things on my friend's land. And he has a creek that runs through it. And you can't cross the creek without going all the way around his property to the other side. So, I mean, I about went out of my mind. I mean, I would go to bed like late at night after like putting him to bed. And then I would literally wake up at 2.30 in the morning and could not go back to sleep. And then get up and be out there like before the sun came up mm -hmm. and like, I would think that they would going to come out on one side like they always did. Oh, no, they would have to come out on the other side. And then by the time I got to the other side, they were I don't know where they I mean, I was going out of my mind. And then that morning, I'll never forget that sucker was huge and had three hens with it. And I think I just was a little too far out and I wasn't set up just right. And I just missed it. And so I actually texted my friend who guided me in Oklahoma. And I said, well, I just missed the shot. Am I screwed? And he goes, nope. As all they know is that they heard a big boom. Yep. He said, he said, just try to get ahead of them. So I sat out there for like three and a half more hours. And finally I was just so exhausted. I was like, I'm going home. <laughs> I just, I went home and took a nap and then I went out the next day and then I tried and then I ended up having to go to work. So a couple of days later, and that was the end of that. It just got too hot. So Man. I'll just, he's, a, he's still out there. He's so I'll just try again here. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what my husband said with mine. He was like, well, you obviously didn't hit him at all. So all they know is there was a big boom, just like you said, you know, like, yeah, but I was so disappointed because he was huge. Mm -hmm. So, but it's on my friend's private land. So I know that I know he's still there. He sent me a picture of in December. He's got that big flock of turkeys. So that's good. I he's got a he's got an X on him for this year. <laughs> well, 
you'll have to have to send us pictures and videos and we'll check your, keep watching your Facebook and see if you end up getting them or not. I hope I do. Yeah. I hope. So what's some advice that uh, you would give some ladies that are just starting out? I mean, did you think it was it was more beneficial to go on, you know, hunts like like women of the wild and, um, you know, wilderness goes on and things like that? Did you feel that that was really the best way for you to start? Or would you think maybe if you would have had more of a one on one experience, was it better as a group? What, what was what was good for you? And what kind of advice would you give to those starting out? I feel like it was better for me to go with a ladies group like wilderness. Um, just because there was like all levels of hunting experience there, there was, um, ladies that were very experienced, um, kind of experienced, maybe had been on a few waterfowl hunts and then like me with no experience whatsoever. And, um, they, it was, you know, from the beginning, no judgment. Um, we're all here to learn. We're all here to help each other. Nobody puts each other down. Um, if somebody has a question, you ask it. Um, and, you know, you just help each other out. Um, I think a lot of women feel this has just been from what I've been told. Um, even in my ladies handgun class that I took, that a lot of women kind of feel intimidated by guys because they're like, well, why don't you get it? Like, you need to do this. Even a doctor I work with, her boyfriend wants her to go um, waterfowl hunting. And she's like, well, I just kind of feel intimidated, like, because I'm not used to handling a shotgun and I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. And, um, and I was like, and she's like, I just don't want to spend my day and have him kind of be not like yelling at me, but kind of like yelling at me, like, Hey, don't you know what you're supposed to be doing? And why did you miss that? Um, and I was like, Hey, we'll check these people out, um, and give them a call and see what they have going on or, um, look up this group for that group. And I said, really, you'll probably feel more at ease because there's usually a diverse group of ladies and they'll show you the way. And even other ladies hunts that I've been on that aren't even with women's groups, one group hunt that I go on every year, I didn't get to go this year because my schedule didn't allow it, but we always just make the blanket statement. Um, some people have never hunted. Some people are not very experienced hunters. Some of you are experienced hunters, but no question is a dumb question. And we're not here to put each other down. We're not here to be rude to each other. If somebody needs help, you need to be nice to them. This is we're not here to be catty. Like this is women supporting women and we're here to have a good time, but we're also here to support each other. And, um, unfortunately that doesn't always happen, but I always try to hunt with women that have that same perspective and that same kind of, you know, outlook on the whole entire hunt. Like we're here to have a good time. Yeah. We're here to like put some birds down, but also we're here to help each other out because we can't, learn and advance as a group if we don't support each other and help the ones that aren't, you know, experienced. So, um, I mean, the women, amount of women hunters are growing, but if we don't support each other, then we're not going to continue to grow. You know, I'm always happy to help somebody else that wants to learn. And just like anything else, 
you know, if you're not being supported and peer pressure is pretty bad, um, you're not going to want to go again mm-hmm. with anybody, <laughs> not just that, not just those people. And now a short word from our sponsors. Well, you see, trappers are a special breed of people. We're dedicated, committed, and passionate about what we do and who we are. Each and every one of us has an intense desire to be the very best we can. So in a world of skinny jeans, man buns, and pumpkin spice lattes, sometimes you just have to stop, push back, and tell the world, that's not me. Whether you're from the far north or in the deep south and anywhere in between, Southern Snares can help you succeed at getting the job done and being who you are. Share your love of the outdoors with your little ones through the exciting adventures in Dr. Josh Farr's children's books. As an avid sportsman, Dr. Josh Farr has taken his passion for the outdoors and uses his vivid storytelling to teach valuable lessons and appreciation of the world. Learn the alphabet through the ABCs of hunting. Find joy in exploring the outdoors with Let's Go Out and Play and more. You and your child will love learning about nature with Dr. Josh Farr. See all of his books now at drjoshfarr.com. That's D-R-J-O-S-H-F-A-R-R.com. Girls with Guns Clothing is a proud sponsor of Women of the Wilds podcast. If you're looking for hunting gear, be sure to check out our new fall collection, including the launch of our new Artemis Generation 2 lineup. With Girls with Guns, you know that our gear has been designed and field tested by women who actually hunt and wear this gear. We have an amazing team of women who contribute and share their ideas and extensive field testing so that our gear works for you in multiple hunting environments. We build our gear for women of all shapes and sizes, made by women for women. If you want to try out GWG, you can go to gwgclothing.com and use WILD15 for a discount off of your first order. Hey everyone, Andy from ACC Crappie Sticks. I want to tell you about our full line of vertical jigging and live scoping crappie rods. We have from 10 foot to 13 foot in mid seat to rear seat and available in cork and super grip handles to cover all of your vertical fishing and live scoping needs. Go to acccrappiesticks.com. Thank you. We would also like you to check out Sawmill Creek Bait and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safaris, Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service, and Hunting Day Podcast. Tell, tell us about, I saw that when you were on your Louisiana hunt, you got a Nutria. How oh, did that God. happen? Well, actually my, uh, my friend shot it, but we all wanted to get it. Um, those are so disgusting, (laughs) but I was like, um, we're all like, I want to shoot it. I want to shoot it. And she's like, I'm going to shoot it. And I was like, go for it. But, uh, those things down there are a nuisance and they actually have the Nutria rodeo that's like coming up, not this weekend, but the weekend after, I think Mm -hmm. where they, uh, like as many can be shot and like the biggest haul and 
the heaviest one and like the biggest throw. It's quite a, yeah, you should look it up on Facebook. Wow. Actually, yeah. I'm doing that right now. I'm like, yeah. I need look to know what Nutria this Rodeo. is. Yeah, they have a Facebook page and I'm like, so going to go one day. You have to get a team and you have to get a special permit for it, I think. Uh -huh. But oh my God, they are disgusting. But you know, they eat those down there. Yeah, they're, yeah, I hear a lot of people like in Florida, um, they like put out rewards, kind of like iguanas and stuff like that. If you get rid of the yeah. nutrients. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm like, uh, and they're kind of everywhere, but mm -hmm. she was like, I'm going to shoot it. And before anybody could do it, she shot it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So, <laughs> and she's like, now we got to go pick it up. And I was like, okay. So yeah. Um, I, I just thought that was so funny because you had a nutria in one hand and the coot in the other hand. And I, I like, always oh. have to get an end of season coot. Yeah. Always. <laughs> That's like my thing. Like the last day of duck season last year, I was down there with uh, my friend Roland and he's a big coot shooter too. And it was almost end shooting time. And he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, I'm ready. And there were six likes just went by and he goes, okay, we're going to blast them. And we got all six. And so oh, my last wow. picture of duck season last year is me holding up six coots. <laughs> like it's <laughs> our thing. Like you have to get a coot when you're in Louisiana. It's just like the thing. That's, That's funny. Awesome. So no, we did have a good time. So uh, we shot some coots and uh, a nutria and I was like, well, we did get a pile of teal, but you know, mm -hmm. you can get a pile of teal anywhere. So mm -hmm. uh, no, it was a lot of fun. What's been your favorite hunt so far which which hunt do you prefer the most oh wow the sea ducks in washington this year were pretty amazing um i think because of the scenery um it was absolutely beautiful and just there was just like nothing like it um from the way you set the decoys to the way you hunt them like you just basically wait for them to fly by um and you're laying out in a layout boat um and the whole time you're out there, you're just, you just enjoy this like beautiful scenery. That's like nothing like it here in the Midwest. They're just, I don't know. I took pictures and they look like paintings early. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, I would go back there. I mean, I want to go back there just to like visit and like hike around and look around more. But um, one day it just was rainy and the water was kind of choppy and it was a lot of work because they like the decoy lines to be like perfectly straight so that's like I feel like that's kind of a, we did a lot that day but the first day we hunted on the Columbia River and we just sat on a log um and shot birds um and that was a lot of fun just to do that and um, we just kind of sat on a log and just shot them as they flew by and then the second and third day we went out I think it was Union Station Washington and um saw Mount Olympus and um I don't know. They would put two of us in the layout boat at a time. And then you just kind of sink down and just wait for him to come. And then you just would radio to the boat and say, I got a bird and he'd come by and just scoop it up. <laughs> so, and you just watch the seals out there and you have to be careful because the seal will take your duck. So um, you have to like kill them on the first try because they just keep diving and keep diving and keep diving. I think that's been the, the coolest hunt I've been on this year just because it was just so different yeah I mean it was just one to experience like it was just really cool do you have a bucket list hunt I'm trying to decide on that 
Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to pick just one, I guess, but <laughs> there's, I'm not quite, I think it's up, up in Idaho. They're just, there's, uh, my friend showed me, he ended up there and I have it written down. I like have a list in my phone, but, um, where they literally got out of the truck and they like the mallards were so thick. They were just flying into the truck. Wow. Yeah. See, I feel like I could do that. hunt. Just <laughs> yeah. open up the window. So, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't and even I, need the gun. I just keep going with the truck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I like to go to, um, I think it is a Chesapeake Bay and go body. I think it is where they like actually stand in the bay and hide behind, um, like wood. They're like wooden decoys and shoot from behind them. Oh, it like, I can't remember what it's called, but I have, I have that list. I have that on my list too. I know what you're talking so, about. I'm not sure what it's called either though, but I, I've seen videos and stuff of them doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I definitely want to go to Canada. I think to experience that. Well, when you come to New York, I live like only an hour from the, like from the rainbow bridge. So you can just look at the falls and go right across. <laughs> there you go. I have a passport already. So that'd be perfect. There you go. Let me know when you're coming. I got the bed uh -huh. already. <laughs> All right. I certainly will. That's awesome. So I guess my other question for you is you said that you have a daughter, right? I have a son. Son. Okay. I'm sorry. So what does he think of this? He, I think he was kind of skeptical at first. And then he realized that I actually was enjoying it. And then mentally it was actually really good for me. Like I was yeah. like, you know, it's hard to lose your last, my dad died in 2007. So, um, but you know, and then you lose your mom. So I think he realized that actually it was really good for me to just to be out and kind of socializing. And, um, I think he realized that, Hey, you really do enjoy this. Um, so, um, he's actually really supportive of it. Does he like follow you on Instagram and is like, my mom's a badass. Look at all these pictures. Cause I follow you on Instagram and I'm kind of like, she's a badass and see all the pictures. So just curious. <laughs> I don't know that he knows what to think, really. Um, send him the pictures and he just like comments. That's cool. <laughs> so he yeah. thinks it's uh, too expensive what I spend on my dogs. But, you know, I think that's he's a he uh, is a big like marketing and finance person. So, um, you know, he uh, he's he told me one time he's like, you don't need any new gear. and um, he goes, you have plenty. And I'm like, okay. Um, and he's like, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't think that you need to get another dog or send him to the trainer anymore. And I was like, all righty. Like who's the parent? The roles have reversed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. You should, you should tell him, remember all that stupid stuff you bought whenever you were a kid? Well, now it's my turn. <laughs> Yeah. Remember those 250 Hot Wheels that you just had to have? Well, <laughs> yeah, I found I found what you were talking about, Ashley. It's a body booty. OK, it's a substitute for sink box hunting, which sink box hunting sounds awful. They talk about like they stick you in a coffin box. 
No, uh -uh. you know, wood. Yeah. But this one's like in shallow water at the Chesapeake Bay and you put out a large spread and then you hide behind a bunch of silhouetted decoys. Um, yeah. I think that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Body booting. So the, I the decoys I, I, I can do, but that I, whole coffin thing, uh-uh. Yeah, no. it's, this is like something they did. Gosh, what's it say? Uh, zinc box hunting was eventually outlawed by the state of Maryland in 1935. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Maybe because people like drowned. Yeah, probably. And they're in the coffin shaped box yeah. that's stuck in the ground. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maybe some people drowned. Well, if you're gonna go, I mean, you're already in your coffin. So. Yeah, there you go. Or maybe people forgot about the people being out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Or the tide came in. Yeah, the tide would be the scary part, I would think. Yeah, but I just, I think that it would be really cool. It, I've so. never heard of it till till now. I didn't even know that was even a thing. Like, like we talk about. When you snow goose hunt, you can cow them, you mm -hmm. know, get kind of cow decoy and go out there and you can cow snow geese because they're really dumb. Like <laughs> they come yeah. towards the cows. So when you're out there with the cow decoy, like, but I've never heard of like digging yourself into the ground and hiding behind a bunch of silhouettes to, you know, in your waders while you're in water trying yeah. to wait for these ducks to work. That's crazy. And I had never heard of it until gator waders like put it on their story. I think they went out there and they had put it on their story. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. I want to do that. And they Is were there a video about that from them on their uh -huh. story. That might've actually be where I saw it too. Yeah. I think like a year ago and I was like, I need to go experience that. That's like on my like list. So I need to probably not this coming year, but maybe like the year after um, I need to like make sure I go do that. So what I, hunts do you have coming up? Um, well, I think I'm done with birds for the season. Mm -hmm. um, I dropped off my very muddy gun to get it cleaned. Like, I don't think I clean guns well enough. I can do a, like a good enough clean. But uh, I put, I don't know, probably 400, 500 rounds through it. So it needed a real cleaning and it was covered in mud from Arkansas. So I took it to my friend to clean it for me. Mm -hmm. So, and then, um, I'll hunt in Oklahoma. Well, I'll hunt in Kansas for turkeys. I have some friends coming and then, uh, go to Oklahoma at the end of April, um, for turkeys. And then fight, I'll buy two turkey tags for here in Kansas, uh, cause where I live. And so hopefully I'll get two. So we'll just have to see. And then I guess that'll be it for the season mm. till next, till next year. Yeah. I or always do you, go. You usually do early season teal. Yes. Yeah. Then I'll, I was hoping to, you know, hunt teal here this year with my dog, but you know, we didn't have any. So yeah. Good old drought. <laughs> yeah. Like Cheyenne Bottoms is uh -huh. instead. <laughs> Um, I usually go to Louisiana or Texas for teal. So, um, at least for a weekend to see my friends, but hopefully the water will come back and I can hunt just on the road. Have you ever thought about branching out into like deer or anything? Um, I have thought about it. Um, our rifle season is only like 10 days long oh. and 
it seems like um, I'm usually gone. <laughs> oh, I did. My friend put me in a deer stand like for two days my first year. And I was just like, okay, what am I supposed to do? So I sat there for two days and never saw a deer. Um, but I know that there's much more to them deer hunting than that. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I think I'm kind of over that. Yeah. So, did you hear, hear about the bill that Kansas is passing for deer season? I kind of read a little bit, but I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention. They're going to expand the rifle season seven days in the front. So it'll be November, December. And then if you get your life, if that's, if you get your lifetime hunting license, they'll get you two buck tags too. Oh, I just bought my five year. Mm -hmm. So maybe I should like just yeah, the other. Get, if you get your lifetime, they'll buy your first tag buck tag for you for free. And then you just buy your second and then it's any season. So you can, you can do one in muzzleloader, one in bow, two in rifle, whatever. I don't think there's any stipulation on how many you can harvest with a single weapon. Oh, well, that would be much more handy for my schedule. Because it's, yeah. I mean, I always like try to go do something for my birthday, which is December 3rd. And then by the time I get back, like half of it's already over. So that makes so much more sense. Yeah. So they'll push it by the sounds of it. They'll push it a little closer to the tail end of rut. Oh, that'd be a lot better. Well, see, now that we just opened up a whole nother uh, season for you. I mean, you're <laughs> oh, going to yeah. just be going and going and going. Mm -hmm. I was only home like three days a month since October anyway. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were doing a lot of traveling. Yeah. I mm -hmm. thought I figured it out that uh, I drove like something like 25,000 miles. <laughs> Holy cow. And that wasn't even going to Washington. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a couple. Mm -hmm. a, a few. Just a couple. Yeah. yeah. But that's like the good thing about being in the Midwest. You can go about anywhere. I mean, yeah. Be wherever you need to be. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's only 12 hours away. Oh, that's nothing. I'll be there. Yeah. It's, tomorrow? Oh, that's no problem. I'll just hop in the car. I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. You guys are a lot more spread out. I gotta say. Like, when we, we're here, where we're at, like in New York, I mean, I can be anywhere in like, six, seven, maybe eight hours. Like I can hit Pennsylvania, Ohio, you know, anywhere. You guys are so spread out over there. Like, but you have less people to can, you know, to deal with. So I feel like your hunting opportunities are better just because you have less people. Well, like Lubbock, Texas is only like seven and a half hours. Um, it's only like nine hours to Stuttgart, Arkansas. I mean, but it's just, depends on where you're going, but, mm -hmm. but it's just, somebody's like, oh, you want to go wherever? And I'm like, oh, let me just map that out. Oh, sure. I'll be there. No problem. That's just a hop, skip and a jump. That's only like two stops. Sure. With you, you know, now being single and your, your son's out of the house and everything like this is to me, this is a heck of a lot better than sitting around, you know, like, well, what do I do? where do I go? You know, like, yeah. I think, I think these things keep you young, you know, like, like I didn't start trapping until I was in my mid thirties. And like that, I feel like, you know, getting out, doing things, being part of nature, being part of the world instead of sitting on a computer, 
or, you know, your nose in a book or something. Like, I think that that, that keeps you young, keeps your mind going. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. So we're coming up on our hour. Is there anything that you would like to tell us about, you know, maybe your favorite hunt, um, any advice to ladies, just something to close us out with? Um, I guess my advice would be like, you're never too old to get out there and do it. You're never too old to start hunting. You know, I started when I was 44. Um, you're never, I mean, there's no age limit to starting. Um, you know, if you want to do it, go out and do it. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Certainly not a man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And with all the groups that are out there, like Women of the Wild and, you know, just there's what sisterhood and, and all yeah. those different things that are out there. Like, I feel like there's there's opportunities no matter what state you're in, where you live, how old you are, your experience. I, I feel like there's always a group or something for someone. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's finding that it's finding what group you, you enjoy more is, is what it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. I mean, you think about ages, but a number, you think about Matt Drury and then their mom, who's like in her eighties, upper eighties, nineties, she's out getting a buck every year. <laughs> yeah. You know, ages, but a number. It's just, if you, if you can do it and you can find a way you're, you're set when it comes to hunting. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because my husband always talks about how his grandmother used to go out all the time and she would shoot more deer than anybody else. Any of the boys, she had boys, you know, underneath of her that any of the boys should shoot more. She'd be hauling it down off the hill. We live on 71 acres and it's like a big steep hill, basically. And she'd be hauling it down off the hill all by herself, just <laughs> just going and here these boys were like maybe shooting one deer and they'd act ask for help and everything and, and grandma's out there like all right let's go <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's fantastic i think that's absolutely fantastic well ashley I'm i really enjoyed um talking to you getting to know you a little bit better um if anybody wanted to start following you reach out hear a little bit more how would they find you um, on Instagram, um, my Instagram is ABNP75. And then, of course, I'm on Facebook. Um, feel free to friend request me. Um, that's fine. So um, you can always message me too. So on Instagram or on Facebook, I'm always happy to help any new hunter um, with any questions. Um, I've even had some guys that message me with questions about um, hunting um, and I'm, even if it's a guy that is a new hunter, I mean, I'll help a guy with questions too. So, um, but I'm happy to help anyone anytime. So we all have to start somewhere. I mean, we all started somewhere. And sometimes, honestly, I think those hunters that are newer, they remember where it, what it's like to start. Mm -hmm. So they give better advice they're a little more patient they're a little bit more willing to help because they know they remember what it's like to first start where 
I feel like sometimes those hunters that have been doing it, you know, all their life and, you know, then now they're in their 60s and they started when they were 12 or whatnot. Sometimes they forget what it's like to be brand new at something. So I I really appreciate when there's a newer hunter or any anybody, you know, to trapping, fishing, whatever, when they are like, hey, yeah, I'm I'm totally willing to help because I I feel like you can relate better sometimes. Yeah. And I'm definitely no fisherman. Um, I'm, I hunted freshwater trout summer before last and I hunted saltwater trout last summer. And my friend, like he's a guide, but he took me out on his boat and was so frustrated the whole time. I'm like, look, I can go fish out of Kansas, like cow pond, but I don't know anything of what we're doing and you need to chill out. Like I don't know any of this stuff. And like, you just need to calm down because <laughs> I do not know what is going on, except I can reel the fish in, but like what you're doing, I don't know these fish. So like, just teach me and just calm down. So <laughs> once we've done this a few times, like <clears throat> I'll catch on, but you just gotta be patient with me. <clears throat> so it's just all about, you know, just being patient and understanding, but you know, he's been doing it forever. He's been doing it his whole life. He doesn't remember. So, and his kids have been doing it since they were itty bitty and now they're, you know, ready to graduate high school. So it's been a while since he's had to teach anybody. You just have to remember that, Hey, not everybody's been doing it forever. You just need to take a minute, just step back, regroup, take a big deep breath. <laughs> just give, give somebody a little bit of patience and a little bit of time. Right. A little yeah. bit of understanding. It's all like good. That. Just calm down. We're okay. Isn't, it, isn't okay. it the other way? It's supposed to be the guide telling, you know, like, calm down. It'll be okay. No, no. <laughs> You're like, uh-uh, calm down. It'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being on. I appreciate Megan for joining us. Um, And we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Nice talking to you, ladies. Bye-bye. Bye. And that concludes this episode of Women of the Wild podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or would like to check out our website, it is www.womenofthewild.net. We post different events and everything that we've got going on. We would really like to also thank our sponsors, ACC Crappie Sticks, Girls with Guns, Southern Snare, Sawmill Creek Baits and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safari, Dr. Josh Farr Children's Books, and Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service. Thank you all and hope that you tune in in two weeks for our next episode.